You've got a lot of sausages and things that just come to their head and... And it chipped it away again! Toby Flood. God's sake! He pulled my scrub cap off and he squirted water in my face and you're not allowed to do that! Suck it off! Shut the video top! What a yoga! <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Waste High Rugby Podcast. Um, the podcast that no one asked for but you're getting anyway. Um, it's a new season of Norwegian rugby, and I think it's probably fitting that this will be a new season of the podcast as well. So welcome to episode one of season two. Uh, delighted to be here with Tom, Ben, and um, someone who who kind of forced him way forced forced himself into the group um, over a drunken night out in Oslo last weekend. Uh, it's Adam Jones, who's going to be now a, a regular feature, I believe. So welcome, gents. How are we? Yeah, very good. Thanks. Thanks for the intro. Yeah, happy to be here. It's exciting. Sometimes when you, you say stuff when you're having a drink and sometimes it come, you come through with it. It's awesome. It's nice to see your face, Tom, as well. Yeah. Yeah. How's, how's life up north, Tom? Really good. Caught any fish? No, it's better than Oslo. <laughs> Don't miss it at all. As I was streaming the Blind and Sagna game at the airport yesterday. Did you actually... Yeah, I was that bored. I uh, got the stream up on my phone and then I met Karina. She was at the airport as well. So uh, there was two of us watching Blinden Sagna at Oslo Airport yesterday. But I didn't see any, the stream was pretty like far away from the pitch and so I didn't really see what happened. Sindra's going to be gutted for that. Yeah. <laughs> He's, he put his heart and soul into that recording. It's all right, Tom. I think, I think we'll be doing a bit of an overview of some of the, some of the highlights of that game a bit later. Um, yeah, cool. Um, I thought it'd be good to discuss. So obviously last weekend we had the, the big East and West game. Unfortunately, we haven't been able to, to get around to doing a, a review of it just yet. But um, yeah, Adam, it was a tough game for you guys. Uh, down, it was a 17-14 final score to the East. How, mm. how do you think you boys did? Yeah, I was, um, I thought, well, firstly, I thought it was a great game. Mm. Uh, it was really enjoyable to play in. Uh, played in really good spirits, hard, hard fought game. Um, it was quite good uh, just to get to know a few, few new people, some few new faces I'd never played with before. But like what I said to the bad guys at the end of it was um, shaping up for a, a next match will be a good one because if you look at the team on the east, there was made up of pretty much two clubs, yeah, Saga and Blinden. And then with us, we had kind of a mix of six or seven uh, clubs. So we was a little bit more shifting and changing and stuff so i think now we should go into the next game knowing what 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 to what to do and what to expect and i think we should have a few more players available to strengthen the squad as well but um yeah it was a good what did you think it was it was a good game to watch eh i loved it i thought it was a really good game to watch i think uh, yeah everything you said there really really well contested um yeah, a bit of a grudge match in areas, but um, some really good rugby played, and you know you could see why they're they're the best players from either side, really. Uh, yeah, what did you think, Ben? I thought it was kind of like a proper barbarian style of rugby as well. So obviously, like there's stuff on the line, but it's not the same as league rugby, for example. So that extra pass that might not have gone when it was yeah. Blinden Sagna or Blinden Stavanger, it went <laughs> whether yeah, whether it yeah. should have done or not. So yeah. I think that made things a bit more interesting, and you had to react to a lot more. So it was really enjoyable to watch, actually. And you could tell with West, for example, you're a little bit you started a little bit out of the blocks, probably because you didn't know each other so well. But as the game went on, you got stronger and stronger, especially in the forwards. I think by the end, you probably had like you were well in ascendancy. Mm. So good game to watch. Yeah, I mean the conditions yeah. obviously made it out to made it to be a bit of a forwards a forwards game in the end. We would have preferred to kind of try and ship in a ball around a bit more, but obviously with the conditions dictated, couldn't do that. But uh, yeah, I thought standard the rugby on show was really good. You know, there was some good yeah. hits being put up on on both sides, some really good. Um, so yeah, I was uh, very happy with that. I'm not quite happy with my predictions as well. We were looking yeah. at what, what we, you know, we um, I said I thought there'd be about three points in it. Uh, Ed, Ed, your 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 uh, prediction, I you think, were very close. I think I think I said 1915 or something like that, or 1715. I can't remember, but it was yeah, yeah. I was you off, yeah, yeah. And yeah. uh, I, you you won the bet, obviously. So I 
bought you that beer. It was a very tasty one. It was, it was the most yeah. lovely beer of the night. Was it Ringless? <laughs> yeah, it was a Ringless. <laughs> Actually, I don't think it was. I think it was a Spitfire or something. Okay. I can't really remember. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was good. And uh, I think it was really nice to kind of, I think the social afterwards was really nice, like having everyone kind of come together in, in the pub and, you know, um, a lot of mingling and, you know, people like people talking to people they don't really speak with and stuff like that. So I think, yeah, really good. And we need more of it, I think, moving forward. Definitely. Well, that's the way I see rugby in Norway, you see. It's like back at home, you get clubs. The amount of people that play, actively play rugby in Norway is probably the same amount as, as, as my team my, my club back in england you know what i mean so the way i see it is with all these clubs we're, we're we should be one big team you know one big club essentially and and that's what the feeling i got like after that game it was really nice just chatting and like you said mingling with other guys and getting to know them um yeah, yeah it was really good fun yeah definitely i know there was um in the in the match itself i think we need to have a bit of a shout out for for our hooker dunk duncan yeah yeah Ben, as as a forward, Ben, can you just explain what happened? Um, so Duncan, I don't know. I think it was maybe ten minutes left of the game, something like that. Well, it wanders onto the pitch. I think it must have been the like, first, second carry, something like that. He carries the uh, game, gets blown up, and uh, Duncan gets yellow carded for a high tackle um, when he's carrying the ball himself. Uh, he's also he's also all of about five foot three. So if he's high tackling somebody, it's basically like he's dunking a basketball. So, <laughs> so he he wanders off the pitch with about three or four minutes left to go of the game, just looking confused, asking Ed, "What have I done? What have I done, Ed?" Literally, honestly, I just remember his his face, and he's a very expressive person. This Duncan, he's got like you know and just a look of utter confusion on his face as he was like, I don't know what I've done in his wee little Scottish accent, but yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it was pretty it was ridiculous. All. Yeah. <laughs> Mental. Um, yeah. And I think in the week as well, um, I guess on the Norwegian national team front, there was a bit of news, uh, which we're going to share hopefully in the next few days in, in another maybe brief episode. But uh, Adam, you, you also had some news related to the national team. Yeah, so um, being captain in the West this last that, for that game, uh, Richie said it was a bit of a test for myself. Uh, so um, I think I passed the test. Well, I know I passed the test because he came to me and announced after that he'd like me to be vice captain for the national team, which I'm absolutely stoked and, and honoured to do. Uh, so part of the leadership team. Uh, so yeah, m- um, massively, massive, massive honour. Um, and I think um, yeah, it was, it, it was nice how the guys responded on uh, with the West was all coming together and because um, that can be a, quite a difficult changing room to kind of captain because you don't really know everybody. You don't know how people's going to go, but uh, they responded really well. And it was it was it was, uh, it was a good honour to do that as well. So, um, yeah, I'm over the moon about it, mate. Yeah, really good. Really exciting. Well done. Cheers. Thank you. Do you think if uh, the West had won, you'd be the actual captain of Norway? <laughs> uh, one can only speculate, you know. Um, but I'm going to try better. I'll try better for you, Tom. Yeah, you better. Because it's a bit embarrassing, isn't it? If we've got a guy who's just lost the game becoming a vice-captain. It's very English, that. Very much so. I mean, if I'd have had, if I'd have had a fish buffet the night before, then I might have... <laughs> might have a bit more energy but you know fish bush raises I think they've stopped them now haven't they so I'm, I've got no chance you'll have to come back next summer uh, yeah. <laughs> how, 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 how's the fish been tasting Tom up north <laughs> it's really good I caught my first ever fish so I was really proud of that so that's been a major achievement since moving but yeah I think you can move on with some rugby chat now Ed I want to carry on with the fishing, mate. Did you take a picture with it? No, I was too stressed, actually. I didn't realise how stressed I'd be when I finally got one on the end of, like, the line. Because it starts, like, tugging. And I was like, oh, my days, what do I do now? So then I start twisting the thing on the side. Don't know what the actual technical term is for that. And then (laughs) I kept twisting it. And then, I yeah, reeling it. Yeah, that's the one. I was reeling it in. And I was feeling like, yeah, I've got this. And then... When it was like close, I didn't really know that you had to stop reeling and lift it out of the water. 
Brilliant. So I'm so I thought the reel had broke. I'm like, oh my god, this fish is not coming out. I've caught a shark. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So I'm fighting with this mackerel. It was a mackerel I caught. I think it was about two, three meters long. So I was fighting with it, and then I like, launched it out of the water, and then it just started sprigling all over the place. So I had to like grab it, like grab its body with my hands, with my bare hands. But then it slipped out. It kept slipping out. It was like trying to grab a bar of soap really hard. I've got the knife in the other hand, and I'm more likely to chop my own arm off than like get this fish because of the amount of movement this fish is doing. So I finally pin it down and then I stab it, like chop its head off. And then I didn't know what to do with the head. And my mate was like, just throw it back in the water and send a message to the other fish. So I did that. <laughs> send a message. <laughs> oh, dear. It sounds a lot like your tackle technique, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I sent a message to all the fish. But if you get caught by me, you should be embarrassed. Oh, no, I, I've got a funny story about fishing when I was uh, I came back home once after a night out and I, I, at the time I lived on the harbour so we used to, used to go fishing down there and I said to the missus it must have been about three o'clock in the morning I was like oh I must go fishing let's go fishing and a dog dog at the time so we we went down to fishing and I got this I was there for about an hour and I was like still kind of drunk I think from the from the night and I was like oh one more cast one more cast and I got this fish and it was a, it was a quite a good sized fish so I was like, oh, babe, yeah, take it, take it, take a photo. So I kneeled down and yeah, she took a photo, put it on Facebook, come back. Anyway, I got to bed, woke up and I had like 187 likes on this picture that was on Facebook and then loads of comments. And a lot of the comments from for my, for my, uh, my, my, a lot of my gay friends. And I was like saying, oh, thanks for that. And thanks for that. And, and then some of my mates saying, is that the maggot you used to catch it with? Um, because what, when I was kneeling down in my haste, I didn't put any boxes on and I just had some short shorts. So as I'm kneeling down, something was just poking down above the shorts. And then my missus had posted it to face, posted it to Facebook. Everyone could see it. Uh, well, there wasn't much to see, to be honest with you, but yeah. And, 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 and you know what? That was like, that was about eight years ago. And I only found out on holiday this year that she did that on purpose. She knew that it was there because I thought, oh, you should Oh, so yeah, that photo still haunts me, it, me, me to this day because one of the guys took a snapshot of it and he reminds me every year about it. Yeah. <laughs> be, be careful so, what you post on Facebook. Is it on your Facebook now? No, 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 no. I'm not comfortable. Right <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, be careful. Be careful when you go fishing. Some yeah. Tom for next year. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but how's um how's the how's the football team, Tom? Uh, it's it's varied levels of players in the football team. A bit mm. like Blinden. Uh, I'm one of the best. A bit like Blinden. And uh, apart from that, I'm injured. So a bit like Blinden, done my ankle. So uh, second training session went straight over on my ankle. So that was really fun. But yeah, we've got training later, so I'm going to keep it up and uh, hopefully be in the top two to three players who can't good. run. I think we've got a game on Tuesday as well, so it's been about six weeks since I last shouted at a referee, so that's going to be good. You must nice. be stressed. About football? No, about life, if you can't shout at anybody. Shout at a ref? No, yeah, it's been quite hard, actually. Well, just started started shouting at random passers-by in the street. No, I haven't done that. But, uh, yeah. I was on the sheep that he lives next oh, to. Yeah, true. <laughs> it's funnier there is actually sheep living next to me. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what past uh, sheep and geese on the way to work? <laughs> Dangerous they are. Yeah, they bar at you a lot. It's like aggressive in the morning when you walk past them. Was it like a couple of weeks back you walked past like a moose or an elk or something, but you thought it was a statue? Oh, yeah, that terrified <laughs> me. I was I just went for a walk, just gone for like a nice relaxing walk, take some pictures of some scenery and stuff. Walking back, and like at the corner of my eye, I see like this big brown like thing. I think, oh, that's quite cool. So I look at it, so that's an that's an amazing statue. That that is fantastic, the detail. And then it moved. <laughs> And then I shat myself. I was terrified because they are massive. I think I squealed a little bit and it started like, you know, that jog walk where you want to run, but you're not sure if you should run. So you sort of jog walk. 
I did that yeah. just to, like for 10 meters. I was like, if, if that chases me, I'm dead. It's over. Like that thing is massive. I didn't realize how that they were that big. I thought they'd be like the size of a a deer, but they're massive. These then what is it? A moose? I think it's a moose. It's an elk or something like that. I've just yeah. got I've just got visions of you like going really close to this elk and just I'm looking. Oh, that detail on that is almost lifelike, and then it just like scaring the shit up. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit like that because it was just stood there like five meters away. I've got really so... good details on the balls. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, want nah, to, do you want to plug your new uh, Instagram as well oh, for, yeah. uh, for all of your lovely pictures that you're taking? My new Instagram, yeah, it's Tom in North. Spelt correctly. <laughs> Why did you call it Tom in North? <laughs> because I don't Tom... know, really. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a cryptic, uh, cryptic account, that one. It's very Midlands. You don't need any other words. I love some of the pictures. Like the captions of your pictures are the best. It's like it's just it's just the most mundane things. Like went for a walk. (laughs) I just like twenty pictures. This is. (laughs) I I don't know what to write about the pictures. Like you look at the picture. Am I meant to like write a description so people that can't see pictures can know what's in the picture? I don't like. What's the point? Your first post, it was just decent sunset. It was. It was decent. <laughs> I think everyone should now follow that account yeah. and make comments on all of them. Yeah. Like, just I'm just gonna if you're gonna put, you're gonna put a photo on, I'm gonna I'm just gonna be like, there's no description. What is it? What is it yeah. on every single photo? Everyone, <laughs> we need to get everyone in Norway following Tom on this Instagram thing. This will be great. Oh right, I have to take pictures. I can take one of the football pitch and put football pitch. <laughs> I'll do that tonight. I'll do that tonight for you. Well, so, yeah. <laughs> Just a <bunch> of naked men. <laughs> Football changing room. <laughs> Football ball. <laughs> oh dear. Um awesome. There's a yeah, there's been a few games on this weekend. Um well actually, has there been anything else happening during the week that we've not really talked about. Uh, no, we're good, no. actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, so some games this weekend. So um, Linden played uh, Sargana yesterday and Stavanger played um, Bergen. I know I read a little bit about your game, Adam, but do you want to kind of walk us through it a little bit? Yeah, it was, a, again, a great game. Um, I knew Bergen were going to be good this season, just like watching them at the sevens and thinking they were they're a decent 15s team trying to play sevens, you know what I mean? Uh, they've had a few a, a few new additions and just seems like they got the culture cu- culture right. And I knew that we knew it was going to be a tough game. Um, and yeah, it was it was awesome. Like the, the, the rain held off, thought it was going to be really rainy and, and thunder. So it was nice dry track. The pitch was lovely, um, but there was big, massive hits. I think the score at the halftime was like 10-6. Um, and like it could have literally gone either way. Um, and then I think the I think the score doesn't really I'm saying all these cliches now, but the score doesn't really reflect the game. I don't think uh, it, it flatters us a bit. It was a lot closer than what the scoreline would suggest. Um, Bergen put up a really good fight, and I I, I, I I can see potentially Bergen getting 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 to the final. To be honest, uh, with, with the the, the, the team that they've got there that was it was a tough game but played in really good like again played in really good spirits um a few of those guys came out for beers with us last night and we had a massive court session on the on a rooftop terrace in the center of Stavanger far too many beers and there was a concert on we put we, we, there was a concert we all went to and watched a guy on the guitar and stuff like that but the rugby the rugby was awesome yeah it was a really good game really really good game just heavy up front or good out wide as well yeah so um they were they were they were they were tough up front. I think um, I was speaking to Mike Pride after because Mike Pride was playing for Bergen, and he said that he thinks the thing that did it was he could tell that we'd been playing sevens, uh, and that the fitness wise we were we were just we just had it in the last twenty, and that's last twenty is when we put a lot lot of points on. Uh, it was really close. Um, I got uh, I got a dick of the day mention for trying a drop goal from the t- from the ten meter line, and it was so close. I need I need everyone to know this. It was so close. It was accurate. It was going, and I thought it was going. I because I looked to the side. I got the ball, 
and I looked to the side, there was nothing on, and I was like, I found myself in the fullback position for some reason, and I <laughs> tried this drop goal. I was just like, yeah, well, I'm just going to do it, and I, I hoofed it, and it was literally inches away. It was inches away from going over, so I got dick of the day for that, which was uh, which was admirable. Um, but yeah, no, it was um, really good. Um, I think it's going to be like like I said, I, I've said from the start. I think this 15 season is going to be really interesting because yeah. I know um, it's, it sounds like you guys had a had a close game there. Yeah, that <laughs> was. Um... Yeah, it was yeah, quite close. Right. I think like uh, this this uh, this uh, part of the season is probably going to be quite close. I think it's the only thing is is because all the fixtures are quite close together. All mm. it takes is a few injuries or a few people mm. who can't travel for it to kind of unravel in a really weird way, which is a shame because you want yeah. the best teams on the pitch yeah. sort of all the time. I think so, we've we've gonna we're gonna have a. I guess Johnson is probably going to be out injured now for the rest of the season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Really. Yeah, it's not good. What, what, what happened to Johnson? He broke a couple of ribs, we think. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, so yeah, yeah, he's done. Um, I think on the injury front, I think that was the biggest one. There might be a couple of potential suspensions coming up uh, for a couple of the players. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was a great game. The final score was twenty-two-three. Um, twenty-two-three to Sargana. Um, they they. Honestly, they deserved to win. They they were looking really good. I think they they bossed us up front a little bit. Um, you know, it was a really attritional game. Um, mm. Really wet, pissing it down. Um, yeah. Uh, so they were they were definitely deserved winners. But you know, um, personally, I'm I'm I think Ben is almost in agreement with me. I'm I'm a bit of a I'm at a loss for words. To put it mildly, with um, <laughs> well, with the officiating, to be honest, mate, it was mm. um, absolutely diabolical. Um, yeah, our our whole team were in agreement, and even some of the Sargana players were were agreeing with us. Like the the refereeing was just not on. It was really really poor. Um, and I I don't mind saying that now. I've I've sent an email to them. So uh, yeah, mm. you know when 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 we get a red card for a player who's carrying with the carrying the ball and he gets a red card because the tackler didn't even make attempt to make a tackle the ta the defender literally just stood up right yeah and waited for Kim Robin to run at him which he did and then Kim Robin gets a red card like there's and the the reasoning was and I heard the referee say it was head on head contact but then it should be the tackler's responsibility to get low and yeah. he didn't um so yeah just you know that there's like a few other decisions that just were really weird um, and the referees didn't really communicate with each other, the linesman and, and the main ref. Um, there was loads of times in next to where we were on the sideline where like they were, they would get, a, they would be rewarded a scrum for a knock on, but then like the ball was just not knocked on, was it? No. Yeah. Like it was just, it was just in play and it would end up on the ground and then somehow it's a knock on. Yeah. And this happened like <laughs> four or five times when it was so obviously not a knock on. Like there was one time when we didn't even drop the ball backwards or anything. The guy who just got tackled and went down and placed it perfectly. But then we got we got penalized for a knock-on. So there's uh, there was a couple of the like, yeah, because obviously the conditions were pretty awful as mm. well. That like both both teams had this sort of like you go in for the jackal over the ball, then mm. your hands go past the ball, and then the next guy comes in pushes you off your feet and then everybody goes off their feet because it's wet and there's no support whatsoever. And then the penalty goes like the other way. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like that they get the penalty for going off feet and it happens to both teams. Like uh, both Blinden and uh, Sagna were guilty of doing it because everyone loves a good jackal, you know? Yeah. Uh, it was just, yeah, constantly going way beyond the ball and going going down and yeah it was just i don't know it's just a game that needs to be looked at again yeah um, <clears> i think they were being really strict on a lot of stuff they had a rugby europe being in town this weekend doing a bunch of courses and things with people um that's super weak thing yeah yeah so mm. all the a lot of the commissioners like all the commissioners for the game yesterday were from rugby europe and they were trying to like they were trying to organize everything you know and schedule the game and all this kind of stuff but i think 
you know, they're, they're nice people and, you know, they're, they're learning and stuff like that. But I think they just needed to actually observe, not organize. They need, mm. I think, for me, you know, I would have wanted them just to observe the game and how we conduct the games in Norway because we are an amateur sport, but they were taking it far too seriously. Like, they wanted us to go into the changing rooms at half time. They were giving us a full 15 minutes. And I actually said to the woman, like, no, we're not going to changing rooms. We're just going to stay on the pitch. Because obviously yeah. you have to walk, like, it's quite far to go. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and then you know, I was hoping that would give us an advantage because Sargana did, and they're all you know, middle aged men, aren't they? So by the time they got back to the pitch, they were already blowing again. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so like you know, they yeah, you know, they say they're nice people and everything, but they were just a bit too strict. Like, as yeah. players, as substitutes or coaches, we had to stay within like a four by two meter square, we weren't allowed to move outside of that. If we did, we'll get told off. As a team manager or whatever my role was, I wasn't allowed to talk to the team. Like during during the game, I wasn't allowed to put on a bib and take water out or anything like that. What? Like these, yeah, yeah, I wasn't allowed. Like, you weren't allowed to talk to your team as a coach or a stroke manager. Kind of like a Razzie sort of thing, yeah. like where you you weren't allowed out, but your water boy was. Yeah. So it was kind of like, uh, yeah, seriously, it was like, uh, what? Like I could have gone out because it was okay. To, for me to go and talk to them but Ed couldn't go out so Ed just sort of had to stand there and just be very vocal <laughs> like mate it was honestly like you know I went up to one of them to make a substitute and she literally she was like why are you out of the zone why are you coming up to me I was like you literally said to me before the game that I should come and find you if I want to make a substitute like I'm doing what you're telling me to do but then you're telling me off for going outside of my technical zone like Jesus Fuck me, it's Norway, right? Like, it's yeah. an amateur sport. We've never done these rules ever. I guess even the national team, you don't have, you're not that strict. No, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a strict schedule and stuff like that, but yeah. um, that's bizarre, man. You can't even one talk our, to your our, team. One of our players, we had to have a designated water boy and a designated goal uh, ball fetcher, whatever, and the water boy had to wear a bib and... <laughs> At one point, he went on to give water to some of the players and he didn't have a bib. And then he got reprimanded and he got told off. And we were there like, you know, and then Johnson comes off the pitch injured, clutching his ribs, which he's just broken and is visibly really emotional and upset. Ben's there giving him a hug. And then they get told off. And Ben's like, I'm literally consoling my mate. (laughs) Like, have some fucking empathy. Yeah, yeah, it was like uh, I just I, I hugged him for a couple of minutes, and she was just like, "Can you go over there, please?" And I was like, awkward, visibly like upset. Like it was. I was. I was just. Are you? Are you serious right now? We, we came out. We came out onto the pitch from the changing rooms at the start of the game, and we we're all like on the pitch in our huddles, about to kick off, and then they're like, "No, no, no." We want to take everyone back to the changing rooms and you're all going to line up and then we're going to come out with the referees leading like it's a bloody Champions League final, you know, the pick up the ball in the middle or whatever. <laughs> oh so they had to walk from the changing rooms at like, what, 100 metres, whatever it is, 70, 80 metres, onto the pitch in like single file line. Um, yeah. like did, what, what did they give you any, any indication that this is what they're going to do and why they no, were doing that? They, they literally no. came up to me about... They came up to me about an hour, an hour and a half before kickoff, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we're the match commissioners. We're going to be doing all this." And I was like, "Right, okay." So Chond and I knew around kind of twelve thirty ish, but we didn't know like the extent of what it was. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like they just kind of kept filling in as they went along. So it's like, okay, we need this ten, this uh, these zones need to start at the ten meter line and then go back from there. These the this zone needs to start from the ten meter line, go back from there. Each team needs to have a te- each team needs a team manager, which for Sagna it was technically going to be Matthias, but Matthias was the starting ten, so mm. he was like, uh, "What?" <laughs> so he had to try and like find somebody to like <laughs> take charge of their team. So there was that, and then we obviously had to move around like this uh, tent that they were going to have with a table so they could like write everything down Um, (laughs) and it was yeah it was just like uh, it was just a bit mental like everything had to be a certain distance away from everything else and uh, it was just nightmare to set up the pitch she set it up and then reset it up and then reset it up again and then she 
uh, told us that we had to put sand in a few of the puddles because some of the players could drown. Um, that, <laughs> uh, which was another thing <laughs> where I, I found it so hard to keep a straight face. <laughs> and so, and, and just, just, just to be sure, these people lead or leaders in the sport, yeah. Apparently, um, yeah. I think, <laughs> you know I what think, I mean. This is the scary thing, isn't it? I think yeah. the base, basically, they kind of like had to. They were sort of like training to be like leaders or something, or like match commissioners, that sort of yeah. thing. But maybe at like a a tier two level, or like somewhere between tier two and tier three. So they kind of wanted it to be like slightly official, but then they decided that they were going to go to the 100 ranked ranked country in the world and be like, "This will be a good place to try this." <laughs> when when they first arrived, they they came to speak to me and they were like, "Right, so who's who's your club president?" I was like, "Oh, I am." They were like, "Okay, um, who's the head coach?" I was like, "Well, for today, it's me as well." They're like, "Who's your team manager?" I was like, "You're looking at him." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who do you think we are? Like, we don't, we don't have like these individual positions. Like, you know, no team in Norway has a head coach <laughs> and a team manager specified, and like two assistant coaches, and God knows what else. Like, <laughs> and when this is all done, I'll chuck on my chef's white and cook some dinner <laughs> yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, put a broom on my arse and I'll sweep the sheds at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, it was. That yeah, sounds like a shit show, man. That sounds absolutely. Yeah, weird. I, I, I think I said to Ben at one point during the game when you know everything was just going against us. I was like, Ben, I'm gonna do a Razzie. I'm gonna do a Razzie. <laughs> I'm going on YouTube tonight. <laughs> the thing is, though, it's like I, I feel you because it's so frustrating when like you have these little things which just fuck up with the momentum of the game, especially like the officiating, like you're saying. Because I was speaking to, we had Sebastian, our ref, yesterday, and he's a, he's a decent ref, and he did a good job, to be fair. There was a couple of things that he missed and stuff, but it, you can talk with him. He's nice, and he, you know, he, he says to you, like, oh, I haven't, I haven't refed a game for a while, and my fitness is down, and stuff like that. And I kind of, it was the first time I kind of realised that, like, the guys in the middle, the refs, it's a bit like players. They go out, and they, they can have a good game, they can have a bad game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And they and I think they know. He said like uh, it would it would it would eat up eat him up if he sent someone off for the wrong thing or he did and he knows he had a bad game or something like that. And he was it was really interesting to to have a beer with him after because he came out and joined us for the social and did a nice little speech to all the guys about how good the, it was to officiate us that day. But so we were quite lucky we had him. Um, but yeah, it, as from a playing point of view, and especially you know when you're, you're getting down into it and the, the ref just won't let you play or it's just that momentum because it seems it needs to be about him you know you just let the boys play just let the the, the the ref i think should just be there to facilitate the game you know what i mean and make yeah. secure safety first let the game flow let the guys play you know stop start all this kind of thing it's so annoying was that what it was like were you very starty stoppy and stuff like yes yeah there was a lot of pauses uh, yeah, a lot of uh, stop start, and um, you know, like I've I've had that referee before, and he's done good jobs in the past, and you know, it probably was just an off day, but you know, my my message to to the NRF whoever it was I sent the email to you this morning was just like, let's just get a bit of consistency in the refereeing, please, um, mm. and let's they need to communicate more. I think uh, not only like with the linesmen and stuff like that, but with the players on the pitch. I don't think he was doing uh, the best job in that yesterday, um, you know. And yeah, so it, it look it is what it is. And as I say, Sargana were absolutely the worthy winners on the day. Mm. Um, but and you know, it, you know, these won't it won't have massively changed the outcome. This um, if if it was a bit more balanced in terms of the officiating. But uh, yeah, I think it just it does it just gets really frustrating when you're on the sideline and you're seeing everything go against your team. Yeah, um, I think yeah. they're like uh, I don't know if the European Commission sort of thing like played any part in making it more nerve wracking for them or whatever. They might have done, yeah. But uh, I think anyway, like we're such a small rugby culture. Like uh, I've spoken to Tom a little bit about it in the past, where it's kind of like the key thing in countries like this is empathy and community. Mm. So it's like you said yesterday with uh, your ref coming out on the social and 
building relationships with players. Relationships and players will get you through a bad game as a referee. Mm. Like uh, everybody knows that it can be a bit shit, but mm. if you have a decent relationship with the teams that you're kind of officiating with, it makes it so much easier and flows so much better. Yeah. And if you just kind of turn up, referee, don't really talk to anybody, don't give good re explanations for why you've made decisions, and then just bugger off at the end of the game, write a match report and send it without any real mm. communication with the team that you're dealing with. You, you just need to look at yourself a bit because that's not the right way to do things in a country like this. No. I mean, the thing is that, you know, it's very important. The game obviously wouldn't go ahead if we didn't have the man in the middle. But um, it's like you said, it's all, it's all it, they're all part of the community and we've got such a small community, we have to stick together. And that, I think that we can't really have any of this, you know, like an ivory tower kind of thing, or us and them, like they just, they, they it's, it works two ways, respect us, doesn't it? You know, if you yeah, want to be does. respected, yeah. you've got to respect the people that you're officiating as well. You know, it's got, it's, it's a, it's a two way street. It's not a, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's the uh, Rugby Europe's fault because you mic them up, you make them look really super professional. You mm. turn up, they're probably getting examined, so then they have to make all the right decisions. They can't just referee the game and have fun because that's probably why they ref. I doubt they're going to become a millionaire or get anything out of actually refing a game apart from refing the game and having mm. a good time. And from the experience from what like, Ben and Ed have explained, the whole day just sounds crap. Like, if I was coaching that game, I'd just like, are Rugby Europe coming back ever again? Because if so, I'm going to go and play football. Because <laughs> why would I want to do this? Why do I want to wake up on a Saturday and work out whether I'm allowed to walk two metres to the left or whether it's 2.5 metres to the left? Who am I allowed to talk to? Who am I not allowed to talk to? You're staff. We're grown men. Don't tell me where I can stand. Exactly, yeah. Like, I don't need you to tell me where I can stand. I can, like, look after myself. If I go off and punch someone, I am expecting to be like shouted at and get told off. But I'm not going to do that because I'm not a moron. Like I don't need all this. We don't need it. We just don't need it. We need a, we need one referee. Teams could they have a, a sub can run the line? No one cares. Like they don't make decisions anyway. That's it. That's all you need. And two teams. We don't need all this other stuff. Just making it more and more complicated. Yeah. Mm. I mean, stupid. You know. About five minutes before the half time, the guy came up to me, one of the commissioners was, Oh, can you guys go into changing rooms, please, at half time? And I looked at him dead in the eye. I just said, No. And then I carried on doing what I was doing. And he was like, What do you mean? I was like, No, we're not going into changing rooms. We've never done it. We're not gonna do it. We're staying out here. Like, but anyway, on a on a on a positive though, was there did you did you did you get any positives out of the actual rugby itself? Like yeah. was there was it was there any decent decent performances from your boys? Um, yeah, I think Theo and Mayel played really well. Um, Espen had an absolute blinder. Espen had a blinder. Yeah. What yeah. positions is he playing 15s? Is he centre? 13. Uh, yeah. 13, yeah. yeah. And he, some of the hits he was putting in, bloody hell, it was uh, impressive. Tell you um, what, that Mayel, that when he was playing 12 for the, for the East, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he was he was he was putting me down every time. I was yeah. just, he came he came on for Matthias to put a hit on a, a hit on Matthias. Matthias had to go off. That felt quite nice. But um, and then he came on and I was like, this is gonna be a really good day. And I was just like, nice. <laughs> just two small Frenchies and I was and honestly, I was like, I got there and they were just like, he, it was like I, I ran over him, but then he just like I said to him in actually in the game, I was like, you're like a doorstep. Like you know, I just keep tripping up over you. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel I think I'm through, and he's just there hanging on for dear life, and he's getting me down every time. I'm like, good on yeah. you, mate. He was he's he's got no fear. Like yeah. he's got he's got well, we might know why he's got no fear, to be honest, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But I we'll, keep, we'll, keep, we'll keep that as a ninja. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um no, he played really well yesterday, and I think. Yeah, in terms of the positives for us, I think our defence was really great in areas, like really, really good. Mm. We we contained their runners. Like Alexi did nothing the entire game. Nice. Like, you know, we kept them quiet. Um, I think we've got we've got some really good things that we, we can take away to work on, uh, some improvement areas, which I, I probably won't go into. Um, but yeah, I think 
I'm hoping it's kind of encouraged the boys now for the remainder of the season. Um, obviously, we, we've got, and I've mentioned it a thousand times, but we've got these three away games coming up now. So uh, I'm hoping it's kind of spurred people on a little bit to to get onto those. Um, yeah. Who was so, your, who was who was Blinden's man of the match then? Who did you vote for? Man so of the match? It was it was Espen, but he wasn't at the social. He had a I think he had a daddy duties yesterday. So it went to Mayel, who was the second uh, the second choice. Mm. Um, Dick of the day was uh, uh, the guy who had his uh, a guy called Guy uh, who had his debut for us yesterday. Um, he got Dick of the Day because he, well, he, he got Simbin for, for shoving a player on the floor in front of the referee, which wasn't a Simbin at all. It was maybe a penalty, maybe a penalty. Like we were given, we were rewarded a penalty. One of their players goes down and carried, like has holding the ball on the ground. So we're just trying, guys trying to get it off him and gives him a little shove. The referee blows it up, gives him a yellow card. Dick of the Day. Um, yeah, so we just got him. We gave him Dick of the Day for that because we thought it was quite funny and utterly ridiculous. Um, and then for, for Sargana, their man of the match was uh, their fullback, Bruno, who their new guy, Argentinian. Um, mm. he's, he's a very solid player and I'll, I'll happily admit it, he scored an absolute worldie of a try against us. Um, he carved through our entire defence, basically, and uh, scored... What, took, took a high ball and went coast to coast. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um so yeah, he played really well. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, in terms of the actual rugby, a lot of really good things happened. Um, we've got some really good things to work on. We we know what we're good at, um, which is which is promising. And yeah, we're we're gonna reach out to Spec Savers for to, to have a partnership with them. I think moving forward. But if 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 if, I'd, if we just spoke last year, last season, for example, and you said, right, you're gonna have Sargon on your opening day, your your you season, and you're gonna get they're gonna there's gonna be twenty points in it. You'd take that, wouldn't you? Yeah, Last yeah. year, you know, you'd take so. Yeah. What's what's been good? I mean, since I've I've only played against well, being involved in the Sargon games three times since I moved yeah. to Norway uh, about a year and a half ago, and every every game the deficit's getting smaller and smaller, um, mm. which I think is really promising. Like the first game I when I messed up my my knee against them last year, I think that was about forty nine nil to them. Well, it was forty five seven. Forty five seven. That's the one. Mm-hmm. Um, second game was 29 there's 27 0 27 it's okay if you say it with confidence it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah you're wrong we could have lost like 800 um, no, I don't know. <laughs> yeah it was about 27 nil, and then yesterday 22 3 so the deficit's getting smaller mm. which is great um but the frustrations yeah. get higher when you when you start believing do you know what i mean that's probably why you're so raging because when you when you you know that you're in with the, in with a shot and it, you you're doing the best and you're building something, it's you know that's that's what I think that's when you absolute yeah. kind of yeah control. But I think, I think I think that's a very fair assessment to be honest. I mean, when Sargon announced their team yesterday morning, I was looking at it and I literally I was thinking to myself like, this is they have a very very beatable team. Like mm. they were so beatable yesterday, they really were. Um. I said they 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 knew where to where they would have us and they they exploited that area right and it was it was the scrums um, yeah. so I thought that was a much more even than I expected it was more honest. even than I expected but you know I was speaking to Connor and Merwin and people after the game and you know they they and Rob and they were all saying like that's that's what they were focusing on during the week yeah. and then what I kind of took as a compliment as well is they'd also been looking at our defence in the backs and how they can get around that because they knew Theo and my mm. starting and they knew that they can't go to them because they'll just get smashed. So yeah. I thought that was actually quite a, you know, a backhanded compliment to an extent because, you know, they were having to shift around their defence or sorry, their attack just yeah. to cope with their defence. No, that's good. I mean, so it's a bit, it's a bit like with well, us with um, Bergen, like last season, well, they, it was, I'm not sure if it was last season or the season before, we beat them 104-0. Yeah. So that, that, that's testament to Bergen and how well they've come yeah. on. I know there's like a um, an American guy, Brandon, who's kind of brought all the all, all the guys together and they're socialising a bit better. And you can see that it's working. And that's why I think, like I said, it's 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 a, a good for Norwegian rugby now that it's getting more competitive. 
You don't, nobody wants to play. Okay, it's okay now and again, but no one wants to play in games where you're beating 60 nil or for putting 50 points on. This is not not productive. You know, we want good, hard fought battles, and that's what we had. Uh, we've certainly had that in, and it sounds like you had that in uh, as well. So that's really promising yeah. to hear. Yeah, I think Magnus made our captain Magnus made a really good point after the game yesterday. He said to the boys, like, you know, that although we lost, it was probably a loss that we could take a lot of heart out of and be proud of, you know, and it was probably more enjoyable than when we did a job over Trondheim or Bergen or whoever it was last year. We beat them like 80 odd nil as well. Mm. You know, it was more enjoyable than that, right? Like actually we're losing, but we, we're playing a lot better. And yeah. Yeah. So I could, could I just just mention our, our man of the match now um yeah. as well. Like so we 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 had um uh, we actually had two two men of the match um because they were the, the votes were equal for both of them. Um Nick Van der Pass, he's a big Kiwi guy, plays number eight for us. Very, very good player. Absolutely mm. he was just phenomenal yesterday. Big hits, um break making line breaks, scoring, you know, he was he, he didn't I don't think he scored, but he he created a lot of try scoring opportunities. Uh, he he he'll be he'll be great if we can get him on the West team for next uh, for the next game. That'd be really good. He'd have made a big difference. Uh, yeah. And then also a guy called Jens, who's um, originally from Bergen, but he's uh, now uh, now living in Stavanger. Um, he's not he, he's he's finding he's he's been away to France and he's come back this season. And he's he's obviously learned a bit in France. Um, he's the kind of guy who gets in his own head and getting a bit, a bit of a confidence player. But yesterday, like first thing he did was made a massive hit uh, and then a try saving tackle, a try saving tackle as well. And um, yeah, so he those two got our man a match for for us. They were they were absolutely phenomenal yesterday. Um, and then yeah, dick of the day was half me, and then we got Ben Moore, who's a Frenchy, who's not played for us for about four or five years, and he's came come back first 15s game yesterday. Uh, they got a penalty, and he he just grabbed the player from from running to take the the, the quick tap, so he got a yellow card. So um, you got dick of the day for that, man. Good old Frenchy. He looks like Sebastian Sabal. He's built like he's really he, he obviously he, he hits the gym quite a lot he's got the big beard and the long hair and the french accent and everything is uh but it's, it's, it's there's something i don't know because you, you've got quite a few french you'll think there's something like comforting when you when you hear a french accent when you're playing rugby i don't know about you but yes it's a good ball it's a, it just makes me feel it makes me feel like oh yeah we've got we've got some frenchies on the go you know it's uh, i don't know do you get that feeling or is it just me <laughs> oh i i i kind of shit myself that i'm really happy at the same time <laughs> Like, because I just don't know what they're going to do from a coaching perspective. I've got no clue what they're going to do. Yeah, they're, they're like, yeah, per- personally and professionally, yeah. they're all absolute liabilities. Yeah. And, and it's just no, no idea what's going to happen on the pitch or off it. Like, oh, well, <laughs> our our third half yesterday in Sagan about that. Some of the Frenchies, yeah, they remove light bulbs and take doors off for it again. Not or... this time, but they were asked to leave. Okay, well, that's yeah, uh, that's yeah. unusual for them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Drinking drink yeah. their own alcohol at the table. Well, that's what they were doing yesterday. Oh, again. <laughs> they oh, they don't learn from their mistakes. No, 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 they don't. Oh. Frenchies. Are, they they don't see themselves. it as a mistake. What do they see it as, Tom? They just see it as normal, don't they? They just It's just normal life for them. We all see them make a mistake and they just think like, oh, no, it's normal. Yeah. You like, rest of society has made the mistake. We haven't. They uh, yeah. they had their bottle of pastis in uh in, in Sargadabar and the, the Jules was there uh, mixing it in his in his water bottle and like one of the other just a regular punter that was in the bar swore it and told the, the waitress and she basically just got rid of them and so I messaged Jules this morning. I, I was like, Jules, like look, you know, this has happened before. Maybe <laughs> just go to the bar and apologize to them. And he was like, I did nothing. I was like, dude, I saw you. <laughs> and he was like, okay. <laughs> Hands in the cookie jar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Un- un- unreal. Um, <laughs> yeah, so now it's been it's been a good weekend. Uh, you know, despite the loss and despite yes. shitty England getting dominated by the Fijians. Yeah, rough day at the office all yeah. around. Yeah, it, I think yeah. My my highlight of the weekend is that I was uh, tasked with setting up and uh, uh, like uh, taking down all the stuff on the pitch, 
And yeah, the game itself, it was like drizzle the whole game. Mm. And then like final whistle came. Guys had just gotten into the change room and it absolutely shat it down as we we had to take everything to like the container. So it was like a couple of hundred meters each way. It's like just oh it was horrible. Absolutely horrible. I wouldn't repeat that. And then I got on the get on the BBC Sport and saw the score, and I was like, well, "Oh my right, god!" Cool. <laughs> I saw. I opened my phone. I opened the app, the BBC app, on my phone when I was going into changing rooms after the match, and I saw it was like ten eight at half time to Fiji. And as soon as I saw that, my heart just like I was like, "Can I be any more pissed off today?" Yes, I can. <laughs> Rage. <laughs> um, That's never. Yeah, we're we're absolutely dog shit as a country now, aren't we? Really? Yeah, it's kind of falling apart a bit. Yeah. Well, that maybe that's the big plan. What, like mm. lull the other teams into yeah, a false, yeah, sense false sense of security, security. And, then, and then we're just going to absolutely dominate? Yeah, we'll we'll mic check their mic checker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the, the the All Blacks got smashed by South Africa. Yeah, they got spanked. Yeah. They got spanked. So yeah, that was that was monstrous. That was monstrous. Yeah. They just imploded, didn't they? Really, the All Blacks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, seen... I watched the highlight. I watched the highlights this morning. Actually, it was like this. The Saffirs just seemed their strength and depth of, 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 of they've got in their team is just unbelievable. Like they had seven seven um, forwards on the bench. <laughs> they yeah. just like obviously had a game plan just to dominate them up front, and they, they did. Yeah. You know, these are big, hard, horrible blokes, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And it yeah. was, and then it, the, like the thing was, is that they had the big, hard, horrible pack, and then they had like Andreas de Hazen at twelve. It's like he had it a great get, game. Doesn't get any better. He was probably man of the match. Yeah, as well. it's he just was, like yeah. so. It's like okay, eight guys are dominating you at the mall, and then bang. It's like like I don't think any other team really have an option like that, except apparently now Fiji. But yeah. That is just crazy that they've got that in the locker. Yeah. Uh, Tom, what's, I've got a question for you, Tom, right? What do you think of, like, when you see these England players and they're posting all the stuff on Instagram, like, oh, you know, thanks a lot for all the support, see you out in France, or, like, Marcus Smith going, you know, peaceful vibes in the build-up for the game this weekend? Uh, I just kind of think, like, We've only got eight minutes left of this podcast before I have to edit it properly. So I don't really want to get wound up now. But it is rubbish, isn't it? Like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about your peaceful vibes, you're a rugby player. Like, uh, don't be peaceful. It's not your job to be peaceful. You're meant to be a psycho. You're meant to be like two, like two seconds away from jail time. That's where you're meant to be. You're not meant to be like meditating and thinking about whether there's a god or not. And taking Tom Tom up north's Instagram page, yeah, for peaceful pictures just to get yourself ready for the game. Yeah, I want to feel nice and at peace before facing Fiji. You know, when they do that war cry before the game, lads, what I want you to do is go to a happy place. Think of some nice water dripping down some trees in a forest, and there's no one there but you, and you can relax and take deep breaths. No. It's stupid. It's like this breathing bollocks they come out with. It's just crap. So much rubbish. But it is rubbish, isn't it? Like some of the stuff I see them do, it's like, like Kyle Sinclair like dangling upside down on his phone to like relax his back after scrumming. It's like brilliant. It's not stuffed. It's not how backs work. He's actually removed that post on Instagram now. I was trying to find it. That really oh, weird it, one he did last gone? week where he's like, I don't know if you saw it, Adam, but he, basically Marcus Smith was sitting thing on alone. Instagram. It was like him sitting on a bench or something. It was like, like reflecting on the week, all peaceful vibes coming into the game this weekend or some bollocks like that. Oh, yeah. Like, peaceful uh, vibe going into a rugby game. So good. Doesn't make any sense whatsoever, does it? No. Not Sorry, really. Tom, just, just just so all of our followers can see as well, I'm just looking on Instagram to try and follow you for Tom up north. Is it Tom dot? Up dot north, or is it? Mate, Tom you not spelled Tom in north? Are you kidding me? How have you spelled Tom in north wrong? Bloody Tom hell. in north. Tom, is it Tom, Tom in, in north? north? Yeah, in, in north. Spell correctly. Spell correctly, Adam. I've spelled north. 
N O R F North. No, it's not correctly. It's two Fs. I'm from Midlands. I'm not from that foot north, like. So shut your mouth, like. There we go. We're in. You've got 25 followers. You're gonna have 26 now. There we go. Everybody stop telling everyone. To Everyone's gonna think I'm famous now. 25 no. followers. We're gonna get you famous. We're gonna get Tom in North. We're gonna get this. Get this raging. This. According to you, you've got 28 followers. Have I? Oh, this isn't going out live, is it? We <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> for better check. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh no! Twenty-eight followers, twenty-five people he's following. We can we can make um, this a we can make this a weekly segment now where we just like look at Tom's Instagram together and comment on the shitty posts. <laughs> yeah, just, or we just plug it. Or we just plug it. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you do these? Have you got like a professional camera or is this? Is no, this, it's like, just my iPhone. iPhone. Yeah. yeah. They're not bad pictures. Like they are good photos. Yeah. They're a bit yeah. Marcus Smith kind of a bit. So it's so tranquil. Oh, look at this. My name's Tom, and I'm in the north. Join me on Tom in North. But the thing is, Adam, I'm allowed to be like that because I'm not facing Fiji or South Africa or New Zealand. I've already smashed Glynn, so I'm done. I've shown how hard I am. I've completed rugby. I've retired Glynn, so then I can just relax and take pictures now. Smith, he hasn't done nothing in rugby. I can't believe Glynn didn't get a red card for that. Yeah, it's disgraceful. We will, we will get it reinstated. <laughs> How long was it? Five years ago. Let's get yeah, it yeah. <laughs> Let's oh, get some t-shirts made up. Justice for Tom. Justice for Tom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, I'll, and on the back, we'll have Tom in North. Yeah. <laughs> this is gonna be great. I'm gonna get some. I'm getting some shirts done. That's it. That's it. <laughs> You've got some uh, contacts in Taiwan, though. Right? <laughs> Less said about my contacts in Taiwan, the better, mate. <laughs> I'm going with you next time, then. <laughs> I've got, I've got, an, I've got, I've got an Insta, Instagram account called Some Team Wong for my Taiwanese. Mates. <laughs> <laughs> we won't go there. <laughs> well, I. What I found really funny is last week after the East-West game, we were in the Dublin air and uh, we were doing the the awards and all this kind of shit. And then Adam comes up and, at the front. He's like, right, guys, I know I'm famous now. I'm a famous podcaster. <laughs> I did. I know, but the thing is, when uh, we, we, we did the, in the West, we went round and everyone told them. So we made it to get everyone to know each other. We said, right, give your name, what you do for a living and a shit joke. And mine, I went, I, I said to me, hi, my name's Adam Jones and I'm a, I'm a world famous podcaster uh, and, and, and part-time hair model, <laughs> which went, went down like, went down like a fish milkshake, but um, it's all good. <laughs> and then you almost got in a domestic fight as well in the pub, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, that was interesting. It was like some, it was four, there was only five women in there and I think they were all, all working on for women's rights and biggest feminists I've ever seen. Like, I made a compliment. I said they looked they looked lovely, and yeah, they didn't they didn't like that at all. Um, it didn't yeah. go down too well with them. <laughs> no, no. Which I, I'm I'm a bit like Marmite though. Women they ever they ever love me or hate me. They normally hate me most. Not of the just time. women, mate. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I won't discriminate. I'm pansexual when it comes to hatred. <laughs> just a bell end for everyone. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, 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 that's why I smell so bad, so that blind people can hate me as well. <laughs> I don't discriminate. Oh, God it's damn. a problem for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> but it was actually really weird. Like you know, when when I I think I was sat in the dub with Stian or someone, we we're having a beer, and uh, people like some some of the guys from the West team who I've not really met or played against in the past, or whatever, they were coming up to me like, "Oh, I recognise your voice." Oh Jesus! They were like, "Which one are you then?" I was like, "I'm, I'm not Tom." <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's 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 pretty cool. Uh, you know, yeah. people obviously listen to it and they like it, and it's it's good. It's good. Oh, I've been getting you know, I've been getting people messaging me like the past few days, like, "Oh, when's the next episode out? When's the next episode out?" and stuff like that. But uh, mm. yeah, it's good. Uh, it's a good way. I think people, you know. People seem to be listening to it, which is really nice, and they—they, they, I think they kind of appreciate what we're what we want to do, and just which is just first of all talk a bit of shit, but then talking about Norwegian rugby as well. 
Mm. It's good yeah. to have some reach out west now that you're here as well. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but it's a bad thing. Anyway, we need to end the podcast now because I'm not imagine, editing it if it goes over an hour. Imagine and that means we've got 20 seconds left. So Ed, imagine if we go to Stavanger and we actually all find out that Adam is like the most hated man in West Norway. <laughs> That's why I'm trying to make friends with you guys. I've got no friends here. I'm like Tom. I'm, I'm like Tom in North, Adam in West. <laughs> right, and on that note, it's over. <laughs> <laughs>